Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What's going on, everybody? What's up, folks? We are back, and we're done talking about trucks. <laughs> no, we're not. Just for the time yeah. being while we record the podcast. No, we just spent like the first 10 minutes of this talking about fucking trucks and stuff. So anyway, Kevin, do you want to talk about some headphones? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about some studio headphones. Go over to studio.com. Check out what they have for headphones, earbuds. And Bluetooth and, speakers. Yes. I was just going to say that. So I'm getting one of them head. bad boys for my birthday, I think. Those are sweet. I'm going to get the Klar headphones. I want a set of those, too. Just because I want to try them out. That'll be my next big purchase. Yeah. Uh, so go over, check those out, and I, we guarantee that you'll like what you get. Absolutely. This, you know, And put your items into your checkout basket. Go to uh, go to checkout, and then put a discount code of DARKWINDOWS15 to get 15% off your entire purchase. It's pretty good. Yeah. Go to patreon.com and you uh, punch in dark windows and search thing and you can join up there. Uh, we've got four tiers. We've got a one, five, ten, and twenty dollar tier. Um, the five dollar tier and up gets you a free episode every week. The ten dollar episode, uh, ten dollar tier, you get to suggest an episode. And the twenty dollar tier, you get a motherfucking t shirt. Speaking of t shirts, go to threadless.com forward slash dark windows pod. I'm sorry, is it? Any, no, darkwindows.threadless.com, and you can get all kinds of t-shirts. You can get baseball tees, you can get regular tees, you can get v-necks, all the t-shirts. You can get hood necks, yeah. rough necks, no. You can butt necks. But, ooh, butt necks, nice. Yep. Nice, nice, nice. Shirts with no armpits in them. Nah, there we go. Yeah. I like those. So. Well, you mean, yeah, like tank tops. Yeah. You get no armpits in them. Whatever. Can't sweat through, can't sweat through the armpits, man. Got none. You can't. That's true. That is very, anyway. very true. So, back to uh, so yeah. this week, we're going to go back to talking about the... We're going back to Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> the Ukraine. Yeah. We are going to finish talking about Anatoly Onoprienko. That's how... For 10. Huh? <laughs> Anatoly Pororenko. <laughs> Stepping onto the mat. <laughs> From Ukraine. Anatoly wins. Ah, 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 ah. He sounds like a fucking really shitty Street Fighter character. <laughs> Except he's only like five foot four, so there's that. He was a wee little fuck. Just kind of uh, a little bit of a recap from last week. Um, where we left off, he had just killed a man, his wife, and her two younger twin sisters. Yeah, because he walked in and it was like, oh, hey, house of opportunity. It's yeah, because he was walking down the street and the dude was hanging curtains and he fucking blasted him off his stool. He's like, plow, you're dead. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, hey, look, there's women in the house. Yep. I'm going to go have fun. Yep. Not the kind of fun that most people that break in houses with women and them usually have, which is still fucking gross, but. I'm paraphrasing because I didn't really know what was going on in his brain. Yeah. But it could have been like, hey, he wasn't. Look, uh, he wasn't a sexy killer, though. He just wanted to kill people. He didn't want any sexy stuff from them. Well, I didn't say it was sexy but, stuff. Which I was is, just you know, like, hey, you know, which is a, a different thing from some people. So, yeah. Um, and then he took the man's wife's ring finger off and took her wedding ring and went home and proposed to his girlfriend. <laughs> See, he's a what a fucking class act. He, he's an opportunist. He saw it. Was like, hey, look, yeah. I don't have to buy one. I will just take it. I don't know if it was I don't have to buy one or if it's like I don't really even care about these people. But this is a good cover story. I think it was more of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, fine. So the so death toll so far is 17 adults, three kids. For a grand total of 20. Well, yeah, that's what it adds up to. Yeah. Duh. So 
the day after he proposed to Anna, who was his now fiance, formerly his girlfriend, the local police discovered the bodies and the burned home, and due to the similarities, they finally started linking things together. They connected this killing to the last mass murder in Mullen uh, from December of 1995. The police first thought that it was a robbery gone wrong again, but with the more recent killings, they decided that it wasn't your run-of-the-mill burglar having a bad day. It was more likely a psychopath roaming the streets. But as normal, bureaucracy gets in the way. And after the fall of the Soviet Union, politics in the area, including the Ukraine, got really, really backwards and corrupt. Uh, The heads of most of the major police departments, you're going to love this, told their guys to keep quiet about the connections between the murders as to not freak out the general public. Okay. That makes sense, though, because you don't want to have... a sense of uh, unrest because you don't want to have people like f- afraid as hell because there's some serial killer out there. Right, but the... Or, well, they probably wouldn't have called him a serial killer at that point. They would have just said some... They would have called him a cr- like a lunatic or something yeah. because... Because um, the term serial killer wasn't... Oh, the term serial killer was well within use at this point in time. This is like 1996. Oh, well, maybe they would have then. But... The general public, I mean, you have the right to know that there's somebody out there that might try to kill you. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah, but keeping it under wraps, you know, somewhat will, could possibly help. But this this was very common for, like, the Soviet area of the world because they did the same thing with with Chikatilo and a couple other ones that came later on. And they're like, oh, no, there's no serial killer. There's nothing to worry about, even though this guy's out fucking eating somebody's innards because he's a fucking lunatic, but... Well, because there's probably more to worry about, in, you know, during this time anyway, than, uh... Yeah, the mid-90s and the, so- and the like, Soviet bloc countries are probably a little weird. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, like, uh... Not, like, as bad as it was beforehand. True. But, uh... True, yeah. true, true. So the, the government would go so far as to tell the public there was no and had never been an active serial killer in the country. Even though at this point in time... There are two of them that are really, really prolific and good at what they're doing. They said all of this uh, out in the public, well, behind closed doors, they were urging the police and detectives to hunt this guy down. Mm. So the morning after he proposed to Anna, he opened up his duffel bag and started going through the things that he had taken from the ha- from the last crime scene. Like most serial killers, he had a tendency to take small things from his victims as trophies. It didn't hurt that he had been actively stealing shit as a kid. So he was already pretty good at stealing stuff. Yeah. Um, but Anatoly was a little different because he wasn't just taking like electronics and jewelry and other stuff like that that was really easy to get rid of. He was also stealing clothes. And he would like take clothes and give them to um, like if he found like a dress that looked good or whatever, he would give it to Anna. Or if he found kids clothes, he'd give them to her kids or like a nice suit or something like that. He'd keep for himself. So, kind of weird, you know? Huh. So, he wasn't keeping for trophy. Oh, no, he was definitely keeping trophies. But he was he would steal stuff and give it away as gifts, too. Huh. Oh, kids need uh, school clothes. Oh, look, I happen to find dress in the street. <laughs> it's perfect. Surprise! Yeah. Cousin! Anyway. <laughs> so, as he was still celebrating his engagement, the police started digging into more of the unsolved murders that matched or were close enough to what they had found in Malin and the other towns. But as usual, the media got a hold of a rumor and went wild. Uh, they <laughs> they started talking about this merciless, emotionless killing machine, and uh, that's where Anatoly would end up getting his nickname, The Terminator. I'll be back. Because, like, mid-'90s in the Soviet Union, they're finally starting to get, like, our fucking awesome movies from a decade before that. So, the only problem is he's definitely not Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's more uh, stature-wise Danny DeVito, but not fat. <laughs> mm. He was a wee. Like, wee little feller. He was an inch taller than my mom. Oh. He was, he was a squat man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, now that there was some publicity uh, tied to the killings, the public was starting to get nervous and... Uh, a lot of the time they wouldn't go out after dark 
even though that wouldn't have made any difference because he would have come to them anyway. Yeah. Uh, and you you not come out? I go to you. You not come pick up order? I deliver. Here, he had five stabs. Uh, Anatoly loved this. Absolutely loved the fact that people were scared. In his mind, this was he was finally being recognized for what he was doing. Like his life's work was finally being noticed. Surprise, asshole! They're not scared of you. They're scared of the other asshole. Yeah, they're scared of what you are. They don't know who you are. So with citizens and police now on high alert, he decided to go back to his original MO and took his show back on the road. January 6th, 1996, four on days. On the road again? Yeah, right? <laughs> Just can't wait, wait to get on the road again. Finding people in their cars, I killing them. What? I can't just wait to get on the road again. <laughs> so, uh, uh, okay, so that night, January 6th, 19, uh, 1996, he uh, he ended up stopping three cars. He did, he did change some stuff slightly because uh, this time he would have forced the car off the side of the road. In one case, he got the two people that were in it out of the vehicle, killed the passenger first, made the driver watch, then killed the driver. Mm-hmm. So he would then put the bodies back in the cars and just kind of <laughs> dump them off the side of the road. That's funny. What? <laughs> put, put them back in and then just, just dump the... Well, that, that's what he was doing before because he was putting them all back in the cars and fucking lighting them on fire. Well, no, no. They would, he, he would take, the, take them out of the vehicle, put them... After he shot him, take him, dump on the side of the road. That's what he started off doing. Right. But, I mean, it's it's basically the same thing, except instead of having to burn the bodies and the car, he's being more fuel efficient. He's just burning the fucking car with the bodies in it. True. Fucking gas is, gas is expensive in Ukraine. So then why don't you just you know, save your time and effort? Why drag them out and shoot them? Well, I mean, unless you want to trick the police. That's Control. Probably... Yeah. He should have just saved. He should have just saved everybody the trouble and killed himself in Germany when he was thinking about it. Yeah, but he should have been a lazy killer and been like, "Listen, pop, pop." Okay, set on fire. I mean, you you know that I'm not like pro suicide, but I mean, some people should start by killing themselves and see if they want to move on to kill other people. Well, see, see, first off, a there's you know certain people that are you know that can be suicidal and it's fine. I'm pro suicide for them. Right, like this asshole. Yes, such as such as this guy, Israel Keys was perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, yes, I was a little pissed because, you know, the douchebag never really gave up a lot lot more information, but whatever. He quote-unquote Jeffrey Epstein himself. (laughs) Yes. Except he, Israel, he's actually killed himself. Yes. He didn't, you know, get murdered by somebody paid off by politicians. (laughs) Anyway, that's for a different story, because that might be our last episode before I shoot myself in the back of the head 14 times with a shotgun. So... (laughs) Well, we're not letting Hillary Clinton in here. You say her name two more times, she's going to appear. <laughs> Jesus Christ, she's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, <laughs> so that night, he killed a total of four people. Um, one, uh, they were a, a soldier, a cook, a taxi driver, and a woman who was returning home from work. And don't tell me the candlestick maker, too. No, he, he, the butcher and baker survived. Fuck. He did kill the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. The fucking Muffin Man. You know, Dead. the Muffin Man. Listen to every lane. Stabbed him a whole bunch and then set his fucking bakery on fire. Oh, because he knew the Muffin Man. He knew what the Muffin Man was up to. Ooh. But the question is, who did the Muffin Man know? Because that's why the Muffin Man it's got true. killed in prison. It's true. It's because he knew too many people. It's true. He knew what the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker were doing on that island. Yes. So they, yeah. They because he knew that they did it in the in the in the study with the the, the rope. Yeah. yeah. The bed sheet. Wow. <laughs> True. So for the next couple of weeks after these killings, he uh he went off and played the role of happy soon to be husband and se- uh, stepdad to Anna and the girls. Um they had a little engagement party and some of the guests that would actually talk about it afterwards, after everything had settled down and been over, they said that at the party, Anatoly was the happiest they'd ever seen him. He almost had like a glow around him. Like he just found out that Anna was pregnant or something where he was just like so proud of himself and just happy to be there. Um, he, but in all truth, he was happy and it wasn't because of the wedding. 
He was happy because his crimes were finally starting to get more attention. He would read the headlines every morning, um, like every time that there was yeah. a headline of like, oh, hey, we found bodies doing this. And he would just sit there and like read the newspaper and smile and drink his coffee. Like, yeah. He would even like, like a lot of serial killers, he would take clippings of the newspaper and be like, you're going in a shoebox under the bed because I'm going to look at you when I get when I get sad. <laughs> He laid low and enjoyed, like, the feeling of being superior up until January 17th, 1996, when the voices started again, told him, hey, get off your ass, get back to work. We got people to kill. He's calling for him. Yeah. Anatoly. Anatoly. What? Go kill people. Okay, okay, I'll go do it. Damn it. Is that you, God? No. (laughs) I'm the ghost of Christmas dead people. What? That doesn't even make sense, but I'll listen. What do you got to offer? What are you buying? So he left his home and his soon-to-be wife for another, quote, business trip. Ended up taking him to a, uh, a small village a few hours away. Um, and he ends up ends up getting there a few hours, like a couple hours before dawn. He found a small house on the edge of town and scouted it out for a while. He looked through the windows from the, like a, like from the woods or the roadside, whatever. And... Uh, he would actually kind of like skirt around the back of the house and peek through the windows there and see how everything was. See where, where everything was set out, where people were sleeping, where, who was where, you know, basically just to uh-huh. get himself set up. Get the who, what, where, and yes. why, and all that good stuff. So after he figured out where everybody was sleeping in the house, he started back up with his rock tossing again. He's like a shitty little Bigfoot with a shotgun. He's going to go pro in that one day. When you know <sighs> what a, he's such a piece of shit. He's going to go pro in rock tossing and... He, he might get go high in the first round, maybe high in the, you know, low in the second round. I'm not sure. Yeah, hard telling, not knowing. So, so again, he, he's like, he's, he's again, like around the side of the house, he's got like a handful of rocks and he's kind of like reaching and tossing them at the door. And, um, when the man finally shuffled into the door, half asleep, he opened it and didn't see anything. So he starts calling out, he's like, Is, you know, anybody need help? What's going on? And just as he goes no, to, not me. There's no one out here. What? It's just the snow. So as he goes to close the door, he kind of like stuck, you know, like sticks his head and chest out past the door to look to see if there's somebody on the side of the house. Anatoly fucking rocked him. He caught him high in the chest at almost contact distance with his 12 gauge shotgun. Ooh. Like, um, I don't know if there's crime scene photos, but I'm sure if there was, this guy would have been almost in half at that distance. No, cause not enough, uh, a sawed-off 12-gauge. Yeah, but not enough... Per, uh, you know. With buckshot. Yeah, but you have to have... It's still a lot of uh, force is lost because you do, not, not a lot of uh, energy is expanded. Uh, oh. does it, like you, you saw it off and you get your, your scatter a lot faster. And he, he was within like a foot of this guy when he shot him. So it was a fucking mess. Yeah, I mean, a foot, okay. I mean, I thought it was like, I thought you said like right like on with it. Like almost contact. He was he was very, very close. Yeah, because it was with it, like right on him. It wouldn't have been able to spread. It would have been concentrated. Uh, it still would have blown a hole the size of a good-sized cantaloupe oh, through yeah. his back. That would have fucking sucked. So, I mean, the, the man's off. He, he was dead before he hit the ground. He's down. One. Yeah. No, no, not even one. <laughs> no. It's fucking zero. Fucking throw in the towel. TKO. He is dead. So before the guy even hits the ground, he's in the house again with the knife out and he butchered this time. He got to the kids first before the mother uh, killed three kids and her. What a dick. So that's a total of five at that house. He took his time and kind of ransacked the house, took all the valuables and clothes that he wanted. Heads back outside to get the gasoline out of his car. And uh, as he's coming back, he sees two people walking around the side of the house. So Anatoly being a very thorough man. Witnesses, kill him. Yeah, exactly. He, his little his little uh his little radar went off. Whoop! Witness. It's Shit. Fucking Soviet spidey sense. So these two guys had actually been they, they were had been driving uh, down the road and they, they were in separate cars. Aha, uh-huh. see that's where he got it. He saw it. he he heard the cars. He must have because he's like, "Ooh, cars driving." Ooh. No. No, they, these cars were driving by as he, they, they, they heard the shotgun blast, and that's why they stopped. Oh. So, these two guys are walking around the side of the house, like, trying to make sure that nobody was hurt, see what was going on. They were being concerned, like, actual decent people. No and, way. 
Yeah, and uh, actual decent people—they—they they would lose their lives for that. Sons of bitches. So Anatoly stalks in behind the men, and when they heard him, they kind of turned, and they both were like, "You know what the hell is going on? Do you know what's going on here?" And they started like, no. <laughs> "They're like, you need to leave." Blah blah blah, like threatening him, and he fucking whips his shotgun out of his coat and blows both of them away. Fucking drags them both back into the house, sets the house on fire. The only thing he didn't do this time is he didn't dispose of the two men's cars. He just kind of left them there, which is a little uncharacteristic of him. But, I mean, that way you're not leaving any forensic evidence in the car. And well, any forensic evidence you would have left is burned. Plus, also, I mean, you, you if there's pe- more people around, he would could have possibly got caught because he, people would have seen him leaving a... Burning, burning cars. Right. If it was in a neighborhood, I'm, I'm guessing this is a neighborhood. No, the, the, these, all of these houses that he targets are kind of like on the outskirts of town. Okay, well. So I mean, it's it's more a more isolated area each time. Okay. Um, actually, in, the weird part was after when he was caught, when he was asked about all of his different crimes. This one, he actually said he felt bad about killing those two guys. Because they weren't his intended targets. He just had to get rid of them because they were witnesses. Well, duh. That's what you do. Um, There's some psychologists that actually have said that sometimes when they have asked um, psychopath, like people that show psychopathic tendencies in interviews, Uh like, hey, do you feel bad about this? That they can actually show empathy, which kind of leads them to believe that the part of your brain that feels empathy isn't missing it's just being forced to not work which is kind of kind of fucking dark in its own way so it's uh it works when it wants to work right like i'm sure i'm sure when he was home if one of the girls fell and skinned her knee he probably felt bad for her he's like oh let me help you but you can go into somebody else's house and fucking kill all of their kids and them and not even flinch yeah like, I kind of like that's kind of fucked. I kind of come to the conclusion that uh, that like some people have a, a like an mo, which is you know the standard you know okay, like uh, they're like a a burglar that you know they rob houses, but sometimes they'll rob a car or they'll right. rob they're, they mostly rob cars, you know. But sometimes they'll go into a house, you know, if it's if it's prime. Well, he's turned from his his main objective is a house now, killing people at a house, and his side piece is killing people in cars. Yeah, but his side side hustle is actually stealing shit. True, which is where it all that's, started. That's his side side piece. It all started with that, and then he's like, "Oh, killing people makes me feel good. Maybe I'll the, do this." It gives me the tinglies. Yeah, not quite not quite like erection tinglies, but like. Tummy butterfly tanklies? Yeah. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like when I walk into a gun store and I get all giddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of January 1996, he had killed a total of 35 people, and the country had put itself into lockdown without orders to do so from the government. Uh, people were staying in after dark. Again, wouldn't have done him any fucking good because he would have come to you. And they would call the they would call the police at like the drop of a hat. Like if anything looked hinky, they were on the horn with the cops. So that was nineteen ninety one. By the end of nineteen ninety uh, January of nineteen ninety six, he had killed thirty five. So, but this is this is what he wanted. He finally had people fearing him, and uh, and he wanted this because, like we talked about last week, he felt like the world kind of owed him something, even though it didn't owe him shit. Yes, he was dealt a fucking bad hand from the get go. But you can change that. Don't fucking feel sorry for yourself and fall into your bullshit. If you want to change things, you can change things. It happens. True. You know, look at how many people start off with a shitty childhood and they make something out of themselves. All you got to do is try. True. Very true. Two weeks after he killed the family of four and the two witnesses, fucking Satan gives him another phone call. It was like, hey. I know you just you just killed people, but like, get your ass back out there. There's still people alive that need to not be. So this next little business trip would take him to uh, the small village of Fost- uh, Fostive. 
which was much further east than he had ever gone before. He found a house owned by a woman who had uh, who had a gentleman at her home. Wasn't her husband. Her husband had passed. Um, he was a male friend, maybe boyfriend, kind of hard to pin down, really. So after watching the house for a few hours, the woman puts her kids to bed and her and the man just kind of sat at the dining room table drinking tea and having conversations. So like I said, they, they had been um, just kind of sitting at the at the kitchen table having tea and talking. Anatoly stood outside the window for over an hour just watching these two. Well. And when the man stands up to walk the woman to bed, presumably, you know, it's like, hey, put you to bed and I'll see myself out. Yeah. As soon as he stands up, Anatoly shoots him in the back through the window. He nice. fucking kills over. He's down. As the glass is falling out of the window, Anatoly's coming through. Um, woman's running to protect her kids, but he ended up catching her in the doorway of the kitchen and stabbed her twice in the, in the back and killed her right there. Uh, he then went through the house and killed both the kids before setting the house on fire. On his way home, he actually felt pretty good about himself and decided he deserved a break. Um, and when he got there, he was confronted by Anna, who basically told him, you're not spending enough time with me and the kids. If this is going to work, we have to spend more time together. It's like, oh, absolutely. Sure. So she's super happy to hear this. <laughs> he would spend the next three weeks, like every waking moment with her and the girls going to the park, playing, doing whatever, playing cards, playing board games, whatever they're doing. If he was awake, he was with them. And this made, like, they were all ecstatic about this because they really liked him. They thought the world of him. They didn't realize what kind of fucking beast he actually was. So February 19th of 1996, he left again to, quote, make more money for the wedding and headed for the village of Olvesk. And again, my Cyrillic is not real good, so I'm not pronouncing these great, but I'm trying. So if you're Ukrainian and I'm pronouncing stuff, first of all, tell me how to fix it. Second of all, I don't care. <laughs> no. Um, no, really, he does care. I do. So do tell him how to correct But I, I really accent. tried. Like, I went on YouTube and, like, tried to find pronunciations of this shit, and I'm doing the best I can, but I have, a hard, hard, I have a hard time with fucking English. That's true. <laughs> So, but sometimes it's just hard, you know. Yeah. You, you, if you're not like all these talents on the like goddamn hockey players, prove me wrong. Maybe fucking Olvest could like you know he could have had like 32 saves last night. We don't know. He probably did. So he found a small wooden house on the edge of town uh, where a family of four lived, and just as they're getting ready to settle down, like they've got the kids to bed. Uh, the man and his teenage son are just kind of, they're starting to wind down for the night. Anatoly fucking dives through the window of this house. Surprise, motherfuckers! Pretty much. <laughs> so I kind of pictured it like like action movie shit where he's like head first, like hits and rolls, pops up and fucking blasts the father, cocks another one into the chamber, shoots the teenage son. The woman's like, the, the woman is standing there in shock. Like she's just seen her husband and her son both shot right directly in front of her. And as she's standing there, Anatoly reaches to the counter and grabs a hammer and just starts wailing on her. Um, so he's swinging the hammer. And as he's hitting this woman in the head and the shoulders and the chest, her teenage daughter comes out of the next room and tackles him. Cause keep in mind, he's not a very big guy. He's, he's kind of wiry. He's a little fella. Um, but he's strong. So she tackles the dives at him and he throws her on the ground. Like, Demands money from her. Um, When she refused, he turned the hammer on her and then went back to finish off mom. So there's another four. Eight days later, he struck again, this time in the village of Molina, where he smashed the downstairs window of the Bonardchuk family. This one's rare because it's one of the few that I actually got names for. Because a lot of them, they were not released by... um, uh, how do I want to put it? The authorities didn't have permission from their family members to yeah. release their names. Yeah. But this one, man, this, I feel bad for this one because Anatoly smashes out the downstairs window of the house. 
Sergei Bonardchuk rushes to the top of the stairs, I'm assuming in his underwear, with a fucking fire axe. This is my kind of dude. Like, <laughs> you want to dance, motherfucker? Like, Calabunga it is. Let's do this. <laughs> so he sees Anatoly standing at the foot of the stairs, and he's like, okay. And he goes hauling ass down the stairs with a, a fire axe ready to roll. Michael! <laughs> he made it about a third of the way down the stairs, and Anatoly whipped that shotgun up and blasted him right through the railing. He brought an axe to a... To a I was going to say, unfortunately, he forgot the old adage. You don't bring a fire axe to a shotgun fight. That's, see, that's what happens. And then he probably went fucking poof, right on his back, slid down the fucking... He thing. actually fell through the banister. Oh. So as he hits the ground, Anatoly grabs the fire axe and kind of like tucks back into the shadows and waits because he knows there's other people in this house Ah. because he did his homework. Thing. So as he's waiting there, he's just kind of like biding his time waiting because he knows, like I said, he knows there's other people there. Yeah. Uh, Galena, who's Sergei's wife, comes rushing down the stairs to check on her husband. And she turns the corner and he hits her right in the side of the head of the axe and kills her instantly. One shot. Uh, I'll do it. Yeah. So then he makes his way upstairs and kills both of their young daughters with the same axe. The Bonardchuk family was very poor and they had very little of value except for a gold chain that Galena was wearing that Sergei had given her on their wedding day as a gift. So Anatoly obviously took that um, and he was a little spooked because Sergei had been the first one ballsy enough to actually attack him. And he. Well, no, it would have been the second one. Because. The, with a, like. The first a one that weapon. he, the first one that he would have taken as a threat, because a teenage girl, yeah, okay. not not okay. a threat to him. Okay, I was just trying to say because I mean it's not the first one that attacked right, him, but he the was the girl. first one with balls enough to be like motherfucker, try it, yeah, and paid for it unfortunately. Um, and he also thought that because of so much time had passed between the time that he shot Sergey and the time that Galena showed up that she may have called the police and said, hey, there's somebody in my house. And at that point in time, would the, the Ukrainian police have been like, well, why don't you go check and let us know? Would they have done that? I don't know. I didn't live in the Ukraine in the 90s. Um, either well, way. Probably, I mean, but being a, a spouse that was, you know, hysterical and, and you know, wanted to know, you know, for for husband was okay, she went looking. Right. Because you don't know where the guy is. I can tell you right now, this dude, if he had done this shit in Arizona, Texas, or Vermont, would have done it in one house. And then they would have taken him out of there in a fucking body bag. <laughs> well, they he would have probably could have killed maybe one person because, yeah. you know, but well. Because we, we live in the fuck around and find out state. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So this was, don't you dare try to fucking sue me for cutting yourself. Right. Because, uh... Oh, wait, you're not going to... You break into my dead. house, you're not going to be able to sue me because the dead man sue no one. Yes. <laughs> um, so this would actually be the first house that he would leave without burning. So he potentially leaves some evidence here. Sloppy, sloppy. Sloppy, sloppy. So when he gets home, he gives Anna this beautiful necklace... And what? sits there and waits for his crimes to be reported. Why is there blood on it? Oh, I'm sure he cleaned it. I mean, Probably. this fucking shit pig didn't wash his hands after he killed a half score of people in a fucking car one time. But I'm sure he washed his hands, washed it this time. So after the killings in Molina, uh, the Ukrainian National Police authorized an additional 2,000 investigators to try to hunt him down. They didn't know who he was, but they were after the Terminator. Yeah. They didn't know who he was still. This would be the beginning of the largest manhunt to date in Ukrainian history. By middle of February 1996, Anatoly's death toll has reached 48 people. That's a lot. Like, that's damn near a bushel. There's now a police presence in basically every small village where they think he would attack because they're starting to notice this pattern of going to these small villages at night finding an isolated house. So there's a, there's a more a more pronounced pr uh, police presence in most of these small little towns now. So he's only killed one more person since uh that last one then. Yes. So they they had a really hard time with this since 
up to this point, Anatoly had left very, very little evidence and absolutely zero witnesses alive. Anybody that could have been a witness was dead, burned in a house somewhere. True. The police knew that he struck at night. He attacked homes that were isolated from the rest of town, and every attack was completely random. He didn't target people for extended periods of time. He just was like, this house looks good. Let's go fucking do it. So again, the media doesn't help anything by reporting constantly about a a psycho killer on the loose and announcing every chance that they got to that 29 people had been killed over the span of the last two months by the same person they thought. This caused villagers to start barring windows and basically treating everybody, including their own family members, with a lot of caution. Yeah. You know, they're like, well, I don't know who the fuck it is. Maybe it's maybe it's my cousin. I don't know who's who's doing this. At this point in time, the Ukrainian National Guard were brought in to keep the peace. Um, they shut down schools and businesses. Uh, public transportation was shut down. All of this. And they actually set up a 24-hour uh, radio station that would uh, broadcast updates about the manhunt. Which might not be a great thing if you're like, especially if you're giving out information like, oh, well, we found this, this, and this. And anybody can tune into this radio station. It's not just for like everybody but the serial yeah. killer. You know, he knows how to run a fucking radio, I'm assuming. Sounds like it. I would imagine. He's fucking stolen enough of them. Yeah. Little shit bastard. The entire country seemed to go into lockdown again, and Anatoly stayed under the radar for just about a month this time. Um, And as he's kind of, like, keeping his head down, keeping a low profile, he's also studying the patrol patterns and movements of the National Guard troops and the town that he lives in. Remember, he was in the Army, so he kind of was able to pick up on this stuff real easily. And by mid-March of 1996, he was ready to strike again. A few days before he was getting ready to leave, he turned on the TV and saw that the police had picked up a suspect in the killings. And right here, we're going to take our quick break, and we'll be the porky pig. We'll be back to finish this off. We are back. So, like we said, uh, the police had just picked up a suspect as he's snapping on the TV to see what's up. They arrested a man. A man. A man. Amanda. Amanda. Who the fuck's Amanda? Wait, you said a you said Amanda. A man, duh. Then you said then you went to Amanda. Yes. Well, which is it? Take me by surprise. Make me realize uh, Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> so the police had arrested a man named Yuri Mazzola, which I kind of was like, Mazzola's Italian, I think, but it's not. <laughs> so Yuri was an auto mechanic, and uh, I mean he was kind of a drunk, I guess, from what they said, but. Who really cares? Yeah. Well. <laughs> that's that's not super relevant. So the police pretty much just like kick this fucking dude's door down. They've got no warrant. They've got no proof other than the fact that the, when they kicked his door in and searched his house, he had a shotgun. So they're like, oh, bitch, we got you. <laughs> so they took him into uh, one of the local police stations and... Uh, they quote unquote interrogated him for about three days. They starved him, beat him. Uh, actually, they beat him so badly that they broke his ribs. This is an interesting one because we didn't cover this in our torture episode. They burned him with a fucking iron uh, and they shocked him with jumper cables that were connected to a car battery. Nice. <laughs> the entire time he's like, I didn't do nothing. Why are you hurting me? I didn't, uh, I didn't hurt anyone. <laughs> I work on fucking cars. And uh, after about three days, he died in police custody. So, do we want to chalk that one up to Anatoly, too? No. Or do we want to chalk that one up to some real shitty cops? Really shitty cops. Oh, boy. So, Anatoly could have fucking stopped and gotten away with it and just been like, "Mm, they killed him, they got him. Fuck? No, they no. got our guy. No, that's a, that's the thrill right there because it's you know, haha. Yeah, it's exa- exactly make you feel like shit because you just killed a guy. <laughs> and okay, listen, <laughs> these guys were all cops when it was still the Soviet Union. They don't feel bad about killing a dude. True. <laughs> this was fucking old hat. They had probably been doing this for like three, four times a week for the last couple of years. <laughs> you know. Oh, who is our human ashtray tonight? Huh. 
Fucking stop. Sergey, get your ass over here. So the police also, they didn't feel that they were going to get any negative press for what they did because as far as they were concerned, they had just quote-unquote accidentally killed a man that was responsible for the deaths of 48 innocent people. Now, had they gotten the right guy? Fucking whatever. Fucking, I don't care. Beat him to death with a wiffle ball bat. I can sodomize him with a bear until he's dead. That's fine. I don't care. Whatever. You get the right guy, do it. But they didn't. And this also didn't stop Anatoly because he didn't give a fuck. He didn't want to stop because he didn't feel like stopping. And he also felt like he was uncatchable. And also the voices were back at it again, telling him, hey, go prove the cops wrong. (laughs) Pussy, you can't do it. Fucking be like, hey. You guys got the wrong guy. I'm going to fucking, I'm going I'm to let you know who it is. Anatoly, you're yeah. a wussy. You won't, you don't dare go out and kill anybody. You won't do it. Fuck you, I won't. I'll show you. Less than a week after the police had killed Mazzola, he struck out into the streets again. He wanted to know the police that he was still free and that he was mocking them. He never stopped planning. And he never would stop planning because as far as he was concerned, he was a step ahead of the police and he had been for the better part of seven years, which he wasn't wrong. He had their fucking number for a long time. But he's getting cocky. Yes, exactly. And that's the problem. So he eventually found a house occupied by the Novosad family and he bursts through the window again, shoots the man uh, as he comes out of the bedroom to see what the hell the noise was. He then stabs the wife to death uh, in her bed. Like, she didn't even make it out of bed. He was in there on her and just fucking giving her. Like, he stabbed her before she even got sheets off, apparently. Um, He would then go into the next room where the children were. Remember earlier I told you before we started recording, like, this was all kind of starting to be like, yeah, whatever. You know, he killed this guy, killed his wife, killed his kids. And then I was like, it took a real fucking hard right. So he goes into the bedroom and kills the children, um, one of which was three months old. Oh. So right there I was like, oh, fuck. I uh, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, both the children were asleep This whole the, through the whole thing as well. Well, yeah, at least they yeah. died in their sleep. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if there's any consol- you know, consolation to yeah. it, I guess. Uh, there, there's really not, but... No, I mean... <laughs> I mean, dying in your sleep is like, you know, you have a heart attack while you're going night-night, that's fine. I know. But when you're, like, a kid and you get fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Um, he would then go back to his old, you know, motto of, we're gonna burn the fucking house down, too. Um, And when he got done here, he cleaned up, went home, and crawled into bed with Anna and slept like a fucking baby. Didn't have any effect at all that he just killed an infant. It's unfortunate that he's still fucking alive at this point in time. The next day, the media was an absolute storm with coverage of the most of the most recent killings. So some of the media heads were actually calling for the uh, the head of police to resign. And they called for the resignation and arrest of all of the officers involved with the arrest and interrogation of uh, Yuri Mazzola um, because they thought that they had their guy. And it turns out that the actual killer was still out prowling the streets. And they kind of, uh, I bet you they were also like going, all right, so you guys are supposed to be out there doing the, you know, protecting us because you know, you want, you, know, you got the national guard and all this stuff. Well, how could you let someone do that? You know, why weren't you everywhere? I would be almost more concerned with why didn't you make sure you had the right guy? True. You know? I mean, that's, I'm just saying that's, you know, one of the other stories. Right. You know, it's going out there is an addition, not as the main front story or focus point. It's, you know, because the focus point is you didn't get the guy, you know, the guy that you said you got, Yeah. you killed him. And, but the guy that was is doing it is still there and anatoly went this last killing did everything by the book exactly how he had always done it to prove that he wasn't just a copycat this is where it comes into like 
basically giving the cops the finger and going, hey, you didn't get me. I'm still out here fucking doing my thing. Yeah. Because a copycat might have, you know, maybe shot everybody and then burned the house down or stabbed everybody and burned the house down. Anatoly is like, uh, no, motherfucker, this is how I do it. And I'm going to prove to you guys that you missed me. Uh-huh. Yep. So they, re- uh, they reacted by reinstating the 24-hour patrols and released a description of the firearm used, which they got the general idea of what it was from some of the bullet holes that they found in the house that he didn't burn down. So they basically figured out that he's using a shotgun, either that or he shot these people a bunch and just fucking sucks and missed. Because the, the shotgun that he was using, he was using buckshot, which is the, the pellets in, a, in buckshot are a little bit bigger in diameter than like a pencil eraser. But they're they're hefty. Yeah, and there's more like uh, what roughly four to five. Oh, there's more than that. There's like uh, maybe ten to twelve, probably. Oh, I wouldn't think there is that. D- many depending on what size it is, but anyway. So they they say he's using a shotgun, and uh, if you know anybody that owns a shotgun, give us a call. So in April, the police who are still searching for leads get a call from a man in the town of Yavariv which is the town that Anatoly and Anna have called home with her daughters for the last couple of years. The man said he was coming in one night and he saw somebody stowing a shotgun into a duffel bag that he's carrying out of his apartment. So he calls the cops, obviously, and uh, the the police proceed with a lot of caution because after, uh, after they arrested the last guy and killed him and found that it wasn't the right dude, they wanted to do everything by protocol and not fuck up again. And they're also kind of concerned because they know that the guy they're going after has killed at least 52 people. He's dangerous. Yeah. Just, just a fucking touch. He's killed a fucking deck of cards worth of people. Yeah. (laughs) He's too shy of a bushel. That's a lot. Yeah. So they, they go to the neighbor, the guy that called him and, uh, He's like, okay, he lives in this apartment complex and points across the street. So they go over there and they start talking to other people in that apartment complex, asking about a guy matching the description. They're like, oh, Anatoly, yeah, he lives up on whatever fucking floor with uh, with his girlfriend and their kids. Yeah. So one of the neighbors actually says his girlfriend, Anna, went on a trip for Easter to visit some family. Basically tells him, like, Anatoly's kind of a strange dude. No chance he's going to open the door for a stranger. So if you knock on the door and say, hey, I'm here with the police, he's not going to open the door. He's going to pretend he's not there. So what they did is they get a group of 12 officers. They move very quickly, very quietly, very professionally for fucking once in this story. And they block off all the entrances, including the fire escapes, because nobody ever fucking does that for whatever reason. And then they have some other officers... Um, setting up roadblocks around the the surrounding streets. And they did all of this on the night that Anna is scheduled to come home. So they kind of waited until roughly when she was fi- when she, they figured she'd be home. And uh, they stack up on the door. One of them knocks. And uh, Anatoly just opened the door. Had, you know, there was no thought of, hey, there's probably cops out here. Thought it was Anna. Because she didn't have her keys. Uh-huh. So he opens the door and the first officer said that he was actually kind of surprised because he was standing there face to face with this guy who up until now they've basically thought was a fucking demon, some giant murder machine. And it's a five foot four dude that weighs like 120 pounds with like shitty red brown hair. Like he doesn't look like anything. Yeah. So... <laughs> They fucking, they, they force their way through the door. They kind of like, as they're coming through, they push him back. As he's going back, he's reaching towards a pistol, a pistol on the counter. And they f- fucking wrestle it away from him and they get him on the ground, handcuff him and everything. They bag the pistol because it matches one that's missing from one of the earlier crime scenes. And, you know, he gives them the whole, like, you know, you don't have any proof that I did anything, yada, 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 whatever. So they start tossing the apartment, looking for everything they can find. And it didn't really take long because they get to the hallway closet, open the door and find clothing and valuables from every crime scene he has ever done anything at. (laughs) And he gives them the most fucking junior high excuse I've ever heard. I found him. (laughs) No, I'm holding on to them for a friend. 
Oh. Where'd you get these drugs? They're not mine. I'm holding on to them for a buddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, as they're doing all of this shit, the police are tearing this apartment apart. Like they're going, they're fucking cutting the couch cushions up. They're, they're being very thorough. And as all of this is going on, one of another, like another officer leads Anna into the, into the apartment. And of course she's freaking out. She's confused and she doesn't know what to make of the entire situation. And she starts crying and telling the cops they've got the wrong man. Anatoly's gentle. He'd never hurt anybody. Yeah, he's a little weird, but he wouldn't hurt anybody. Yeah. The police end up identifying a total of 122 items taken from different scenes. And as they get to the back bottom part of the closet, they find this giant green duffel bag just stuffed with guns. She had no idea they were there at all. She's been living with this guy for years, has no clue that he even owned a gun. And they whip out this duffel bag with like a bunch in there. So they take him in and start interrogating him after a full 24 hours of interrogation, like 24 hours straight. Yeah. Because apparently in Russia, they don't like in Ukraine and over there, they don't do it the way we do where you get breaks. Yeah. Like the cops were taking breaks. They're working in fucking shifts. They grilled this guy for 24 hours straight. Wow. And he finally cracks. He realizes he's got, he's got nowhere to go. (laughs) He can't hide this anymore. And he admits to all of the killings including the ones that the police didn't know about from the eighties when he was working with uh, Sergei Rogozin, like all the killings on the side of the road and all those before uh-huh. he left and came back. He gave them all the details for the current set of killings and the old ones. And this is where they got confused because they didn't have a suspect for any of those old ones from the, uh, like the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. They had nothing for those. So as he's you know talking to the police, he's blaming, of course, the voices, and his father, and he's like, you know, they basically, he basically said that he targeted families because he wanted to punish parents for having a happy, normal family. And he wanted to punish them because of what happened to him as a kid. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. This is the part that pissed me off. He said that he didn't target the kids specifically, but he couldn't bear the thought of leaving them as an orphan like he was. So he'd rather fucking kill them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Every time I, I, I do like a, like a serial killer episode, I go, this guy might be the biggest piece of shit we've talked about. I taught myself the next time. <laughs> yeah. He was evaluated by psychiatrists, and they came to a very different conclusion. They said that all basically all the stuff he's telling him is bullshit. He's not hearing voices. He didn't want to leave these kids as orphans. He's doing this all for a thrill. They find him mentally competent to stand trial. He goes to trial in 1998. And I I couldn't find a lot of details about the case. But from what I saw, it was very, very short. Yeah. And um, he was sentenced to life in prison because in 1997, unfortunately, Ukraine had banned the death penalty. There's sometimes you need to make an exception. Sometimes. Like if somebody is like an extraordinary piece of shit and they need to die for what they've done. Yeah. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Like when Andre Chikatilo went to trial, right? He was yeah. found guilty. He spent four days in a jail cell. Then they took him out in the yard and put a fucking nine millimeter round behind his ear. Four days dead in a fucking hole where he belonged. Instead, instead, he was sent to a maximum security facility in the northern part of Ukraine where he would spend the rest of his life until he died in 2003 of heart failure. Again, another guy who got to die way too fucking easily for what he had done. Just like the last one we talked about, Edward Paisnell, who should have been just fucking cheese gratered to death for what he did to those kids. Anatoly Onoprianko is like right up there too. He he should have been yeah, just fucking curb stomped more than like on a daily basis. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. Uh, Sometimes justice doesn't exist. I'm starting I, to realize this. So, 
I just don't understand. Like, what gets me is you know the death penalty. I don't. You know, people say, "Well, who are you, who are who are we to take a life?" You know, it's not ours. It's you know what, not our call. Blah blah blah. This that and the other thing. Well, who are they to take a life? Exactly. Who are those people to to do that? Yep. They're sick, demented, evil people. You know. Just like this guy. Mm-hmm. And he took 52 people's lives. Yeah. And uh, well, damn near half of them were kids. Yeah. I mean, come on. The kids that will, that never had a chance yeah. to do anything in their life. He took their lives. Yep. Just because, you know, he because wanted Because he had to. a shitty childhood. What, yeah, whatever. It's so fucking selfish. Well, this happened to me, so... I have to do something about it. Which I think that I personally believe that is like the part that's not true. What? You know, that because he had a shitty childhood. Well, that that's that's what he claimed. It's like it's I because know. I had a bad upbringing, so I had to go out and punish other people yeah. for having a normal life. Because it's not fair that they get to have a normal life and I didn't. Well, no, no, no. no. no it's the so part about fucking the, selfish. The part about the kids, at least. Yeah, no. He didn't give a fuck about those kids. No. No. They were collateral damage as far as he was concerned. Yeah, there's just another another chalk on yeah, the. It's another fucking, you know, notch in his gun and his fucking. Uh, it's notch in his fucking handles. Yeah, I, bullshit. Yeah, you know, I call bullshit on it. Yeah. So. And I mean, it, it's yeah. So you know, it's gonna sound weird, but I'm kind of happy that I got to cover this guy finally because when we were first starting the show. Yeah. Um. As of next week. Two fucking years ago. How? How has it already been two years? I have no idea. No clue. Um, but anyway, when we were first starting, when I was going through stuff, like we were trying to figure out our topics and all that, like what we want to cover. Uh-huh. And we're t- getting into true crime. I had just watched a thing about this guy and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I want to talk about him. Yeah. And this was originally going to be like the second episode that I covered. And it just like, eh, too soon, but we got it done. We did. <laughs> so we made it through. We did. Um, and there's a lot more to come. We're going to talk about more shit bags. I watched a movie, but I watched a show about shit bags. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Cause yeah. I haven't seen it yet and I don't know if I want to. Yeah. I watched So if, if anybody hasn't seen this show on Netflix called The Trial of Gabriel uh, Fernandez. I believe it's what it is. Go watch it. Um, and maybe we can have a discussion yeah. on Facebook. You know, we'll give it a week or whatever. Let everybody go watch it. Because it's about, not about, you know, Gabriel being on trial. It's the trial for him because he was killed at eight years old Yeah, by his mother and mother's boyfriend. I, I was, I was pissed. I was like legitimately pissed. Yeah. When you came over to my house after you had watched it, I thought you had like just gotten into like a fucking argument with somebody and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, no, I just fucking watched the thing on Netflix and I want to hurt somebody. And I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Well, let's yeah, talk about this, buddy. Because, <laughs> you know, of everything, you know, yeah, I, I take, I watch things, you know, and I kind of take a objective look at it and, you know, try to not be pissed. But there's some things you can't be objective with. Yeah. There's some things you just have to be, like, irrationally angry about, and I think this is one of them. Yeah, and this particular one I was definitely, like, I'm pissed off about. Um. So yeah, I mean, if you if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I don't really want to like get into it because yeah, I don't want to ruin it for everybody. No. But I'll put it this way: the end justice is about like this, where, where there's none. Where no, not really. There, I mean, I'll just say this: boyfriend gets off, well, get go gets the death penalty. Mom gets off because here's bought boyfriend going to getting death penalty, makes plea deal. 
spends spending the rest of her life in prison. Which is too good for her. Yeah. Too good. She should be dead. Yeah. But what really gets like the, the like the the she drove it in real hard when she made a remark because she she during the closing arguments she can make a remark you know you can you can say something right. for yourself yeah well she says as a little spiel and one of her remarks is I hope that my two remaining children one day forget come to their senses and forgive me. And come see me. Fuck her come so to, much. Come to their senses. I'm like, fuck you. You're you're just a piece of shit. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Ah. I mean, there, I fucking hate humans. Yeah. There. There should be a special place where you take people that hurt kids, and you put them on like a little island or something, right? And you fill it up. Get like, you know, a couple hundred, couple thousand of them, right? And you firebomb that motherfucker every six months. And you fill it up again and firebomb it again. And then you send guys in on the ground that don't really have much of a conscience themselves and go, oh, you survived? Well, hold on. Here, hold this. And just fucking shoot them all. My thing is, I didn't want them to die. <sighs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I, didn't want, I don't want them to die. Actually, I want his trial. I want his... The boyfriend's uh, ruling to be overturned, and I want him to be spend rest of his life in prison. But with this caveat to it, I want him to be to be hit, punched in the head ten times every single day. Same with the mother, and then I want him, him and her, to both be kicked or punched in the chest, stomach area, twenty times every single day, and instead of eating. Regular food, they get to feed them what he ate, which was cat litter. And this is all before they go to bed. And then they have to watch videos of him. They have to look at pictures of him every single day the rest of life. Does that make me an asshole? No. It makes you a better person than I am because I'm just like, fucking kill all of them. Just like chain them to a fence and burn them to death because I'm a vindictive piece of shit. So that's probably one of the. So this is definitely one of those uh, things where because I, on, I I'm not sorry to cut you off. I oh. honestly think that the death penalty process takes entirely too fucking long. If you oh, are yeah. found guilty and there is concrete evidence that you did this to a child specifically, they should take you from the courtroom into the fucking basement and kill you right there. Yeah. Right then, like I know there's people on death row right now that. There's evidence that proves that they didn't do it, and those people should have another trial. If you have concrete proof... Or if they didn't do it, right. let them the fuck out. Right, exactly. If you have concrete proof that they did something like like what we're going through here, and they hurt a child or killed a child, they should not be allowed to live another fucking hour. You don't get a last meal, you get strapped to a chair and shot in the fucking teeth as far... like. But that's why I'm not a president. Because <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, okay, hold on. Well, I know I've got to meet with the ambassador of fucking Uzbekistan or whatever in 20 minutes. But I can squeeze in like five, six executions in that period of time. Get me my gloves. Yeah. <laughs> what gloves? My strangling gloves. I'm going to do it hard this time. It, so this is this is one of those ones if you're oh, – it's a shameless plug, but I'm going to do it. If you happen to watch this on a, your iPad, laptop, whatever – it's one of those ones that having a pair of earbuds or headphones from Studio would be perfect. I thought you said this is a shameless plug. That was actually a really good transition. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> but it would be perfect because you do not want anybody else to, to if you, when you watch this, if you watch it, to listen to it because it, it's disgusting. Yeah. You know, and yeah. So, like I said, go over to Studio, grab your headphones, earbuds. Uh, or your speaker, if you happen to, you know, get the speaker, speaker if you want to freak your neighbors out. Yeah. Um, um, well, I hear you know, like pointed at their window, you know, be like, listen to us, you motherfucker, cocksucker, you know, swear and everything else. No, don't that's do what that. we do, man. Don't do that. Because just like Ricky from Trailer Park Boys, I can't fucking talk without swearing. <laughs> yes, you can. I have a hard time with it. But <laughs> put your earbuds, headphones, or your speaker. Into your basket. Yeah. Go to checkout. Put the discount code of 
of Dark Windows 15 in to get 15% off your entire order. Yeah, buddy. And oh. also, darkwindowspod.threadless.com. Go get some t-shirts. Yeah. Or other stuff. And like There's this. things there. Oh, and you can go to Patreon, and you go up in your little search bar, and you punch in Dark Windows Podcast, uh-huh. and you can find us. We got four different tiers, like we said at the beginning. Give us a shot. And we have an episode up for... I have to post the episode still, oh. but we've got one recorded. So Damn you. You will get a bonus episode every month, I promise. Yes. Yeah. So, also, if you... So, like I said, I mentioned Facebook. We'll have a conversation on Facebook. Yes. You know, we're on there, Dark Windows Podcast. Check us out there. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at darkwindowspod. Email at darkwindowspod.gmail.com. What? <laughs> I don't know. I just think. <laughs> you I fucking like, like, you just went completely blank, like blank sheet there. You're just like, and then something. And I, I could see you glaze over, and I was like, Dude, you all right? <laughs> Something happened. Did y'all's pass out real quick? I think I might have. <laughs> Kevin just had a fucking tiny, tiny, tiny little aneurysm. Just like, what? staring at the fucking table. Um, but yeah, uh, next week is our two-year anniversary. Our two-year anniversary. And we're going to do something a lot more fun. It's like, I dare say Scooby-Doo-esque. I would say, and I, I, I saw it. And I went. You know what? We haven't covered some. We haven't done nothing strange... like this yet. But spoiler alert: we are definitely not the first podcast to have talked about this. But we're going to be the first podcast that's got us on it to talk about it. Yeah. So there. Huh. Um. But it's going to be fun. Yeah, so uh, anyway, it's going to be about a ship. Shut the fuck up! I'm cutting that. <laughs> anyway, with that being said. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Have a good day. Goodbye. Don't kill kids or anybody. Yes. Yeah. Don't do it. I mean, in all fairness, most of the people he was killing were communists, so that's a plus at least. Mm.